0: Hello, it's great to be with you, absolutely fantastic. We wish we could be with you in person, but we are doing it uh, like this for now, but we're looking forward to being with you sometime in the near future. And we just want to say, you know, you, Life Changes Church is an amazing, amazing church. We love Mark and Candace and Gabe and Fiona, incredible, incredible leaders, and consider them great friends, and it's a privilege to be able to share a little bit of our journey with you today. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Uh, Marina and I just going to share a little bit of our story with you. We're praying that it's going to help you in your journey as you try to follow God um, as well and step into all that God's got for you.
1: It's so good to be with you. And we absolutely love your pastors, love your church, and like Paul said, we really would have loved being with yeah, you in so person. Prepared. But we're also so grateful for technology that connects us the way it does at the moment. Well, we got married in two thousand and one, so we'll be married for nineteen years. In December, yeah. I even have a wedding photo to show you. <laughs> it was such a good day, and we were so in love. We're still so much in love. Lots have happened, and our love has have grown, have grown stronger. We also have two boys. I have a family photo. They now fifteen and thirteen. Seth is fifteen. Nathan's thirteen, and we spent ten years of. lives in Zambia so we basically got married and three months into marriage got called to rural missions in Zambia and then when Nathan was five and Seth was seven we moved to George where we relaunched Hope Church and that's where we are at the moment we've been here for about eight years but we always love to share about what God's doing in Western Zambia we, we're a church planting organization and we go and we tell people who have never heard about Jesus that's incredible, hey? Yeah. That there's a God in heaven who loves them and it's an unreached area in terms of the gospel. So we believe the Great Commission, where Jesus says, Go into all the world and make disciples of all people, is not an option to consider but a command to obey. And then through our church planting efforts we also do a lot of other things to just empower people's lives so we care for orphans and we put in water wells we have medical outreaches we translate the bible but it's an awesome work and we can't encourage you to go onto our website and go find out more what God's doing there our address is www.thezambiaproject.org so we still completely oversee the work there we also have hope church there and the reason why we focus there is because it's unreached in terms of the gospel and it's so remote there's about a million people scattered all over in an area that's about the size of england life expectancy is only 29 and that's yeah that's because of malaria tb and just lack of um access to basic needs like clean and safe drinking water and medical care. Three out of five children actually die before their fifth birthday. But for us, it's just an absolute privilege that we get to work there. When we lived there, we had so much fun though. And we still go up often and maybe you can join us sometime on an outreach to to Zambia. But we had lots of fun. I have to show you this photo I found the other day of our two boys when they were little with their pet
0: frogs.
1: (laughs) These are real frogs.
0: They love
1: (laughs) their frogs. I mean, Paul also loved their frogs.
0: It was so much fun.
1: Anyway, um, some people told me these frogs were dangerous and they could bite and they are poisonous and all sorts of stuff, but praise God, our kids never got armed.
0: We used to catch these big moths and feed them to the frogs. It was hilarious. Anyway.
1: My God is so great, so stark and so mighty my God kan doen They sang this song over and over and over Like thousands of times every day I'm not even exaggerating <laughs> Paul can sing the English version Yeah,
0: right? My God is so big, so strong and so mighty There's nothing my God cannot do Sorry Mark, my voice is not as good as so I apologize for that <laughs> That
1: was fun though so, you know, when you meditate on God's nature, you really start to believe it. So, after hearing this and singing it with our voice for for so many times and for like years we really just started believing our god is so big yeah he's so strong he's so mighty there's absolutely nothing that he cannot do and we want to encourage you with that this morning that our god reigns whatever's on your mind right now whatever you trust in god for whatever your needs are know that god reigns above that so let's pray and commit the rest of our times into our time into god's hands god First of all, Lord, we want to exalt you this morning and declare that you are good, good. that you are faithful, Mm. that you are strong, that you're a miracle worker, you're a way maker, Father God. Mm. So we open up our hearts to you today and we say, Mm. Have your way. Have your way in our lives, God. Change us, mold us, shape us, correct our mistakes, make our lives whole, God. We thank you that your word is alive and active and powerful. And today, it will accomplish in our lives what you've purposed it to do. In Jesus name, in Jesus name. and all God's people say Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to share, you a little bit, share with you a little bit about my journey and how I gave my life to Christ. So I grew up very religious. I was told that I was born a Christian and went to church every single Sunday of my life until the age of 18 when I got confirmed but then, you know, what I've realised is that going to church does not make you a Christian. Just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a burger, or going to a library doesn't make you a book. But this is how that all became reality for me. My friend Sonette and I moved from Bloemfontein to Cape Town. We actually lived in Table View, and started attending View Church Table View. And told everyone there, of course, that we were also Christians. And then one day in church, there was an opportunity for unbelievers to give their lives to Jesus. And guess what Sonet, did? (laughs) She put her hand up in front of everyone in church. And I remember sitting next to her, thinking to myself, what on earth is she doing? So I said to Sonet, just take your hand down. (laughs) And she said to me, I'm getting my life to Jesus, and I was like, we are Christians, Sonnet. (laughs) It was so embarrassing for me. Then we went home that Sunday, we lived in a little flat and she poured herself a whiskey and lit lit a cigarette, and that's how we lived when we weren't serving Jesus and we were young, and I said to her, why did you do that? I just gave my life to Jesus, I said, well... Told everyone we're Christians. No, because you gave your life to Jesus. Guess what? The whole church is going to think I'm not a Christian either. We knew they
0: weren't Christians.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was very soon after that that I realised I'm not a Christian, and then I gave my life to Jesus. Not in a church. You don't have to be in a church to give your life to Christ. I was just at home, sitting on my bed, and I said, Jesus, I'm not a Christian. I want to be a Christian, and I asked Christ to come into my heart. And then soon after I gave my life to Christ, I really wanted to know why God made me, what what my purpose in life is. And that possibly is your next step yeah. to discover why God created you because He's got a unique and special plan just for your life. And God did speak to me because God never plays hide and seek. You know, when we seek Him, we will find Him. And He, he revealed to me that He's called me to be a mother, uh, first of all, a wife, and then a mother, and then to lead local church. Mm. But... What I've learned is, is that a career is something that we are paid to do, but a calling is what God's made us to do. And if you're a young person and and you're still wondering about what you're going to do with your life, don't ever forget that. Discover why God made you, because a calling is what you're made to do. A career is what we get paid to do. And I love Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For some of you, this is your favorite verse, right? It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and future. a future.
0: So I love that verse. God has got a great plan for our lives. But the first step in figuring out what those plans are and what the plans are that God's got for our lives is taking our eyes off ourselves. We have to realize that it's not about us. Some, somebody actually gave me great advice. As a matter of fact, the best marriage advice I ever got just before we got married and he said to me, he said, Paul, what you need to do is you need to find out what is important to your wife and make that important to you. And that's for, that's for free. If you <laughs> marriage advice, you know, for what is important, find out what is important to your wife. If, if, you may, if you're a wife, find out what is important to your husband. Make that important to you. But that's true with our relationship with God as well. You need to find out what is important to God and make that important to us. That needs to become our number one priority. And lost people are important to God. Hurting people are important to God. And so when we look at the world, we can see that there is this distinction between God's preferred future and the current reality. There's a lot of hurting around us. We don't have to look very far to discover it. I mean, you heard a little bit about Zambia. 60% of children dying before they turn five years old. 60%. There's thousands of villages that at this moment in time do not have access to the gospel. But that can't be right. And so for us, we just said, okay, well, how do we orientate our lives around trying to bring about a change, trying to bring about the change that God wants to see? And I love this passage, this story of of, the, of, this, of this couple in the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah, and they call he's called the father of our faith. And this story is intriguing because, because it talks about this. It talks about dealing with the current reality and how, they had to change their attitude towards the current reality to step into the future that God had for them. And ultimately that then affected us and our world as well. And the book of Romans talks a little bit about it and it talks about their attitude change in Romans chapter 4 verse 17. And it says this, it says, As it is written, <clears throat> I have made you the father of many nations. Here's a father in sight of God in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not so they were trusting God for children Um, she didn't have any children she's like really old he's even older I mean their opportunity for having children is gone and God actually appears to him and says hey I know you've been trusting me for a while but what I want you to do is I want you to change your name I want you to change your name like your name is going to go from Abram which was like without the h means noble father and, and your wife's name is going to go from Sariah to Sarah which means you know for a princess to mother of many nations so his name changed from noble father to father of many nations and her name is now mother of many nations and, and so he actually has this experience with God and then he goes about and he starts to call things into being those that were not so he actually changes his speech as you imagine he's been in the desert in the sun, he comes back and he says, Ah, every day, everybody, my name's actually Abraham. They're like, you know, name's what? No, you don't know. you're not the father of many nations. No, no, no. I'm the father of many nations. And my wife, she hasn't had any kids, but she's the mother of many oh. nations. So there's this <laughs> distinction between the current reality, not ignoring it, but choosing to see something different. Yeah. Choosing to speak something different and then choosing to act differently. Yeah. And that's this That's pretty the first Mm -hmm. step in our journey to serving God and Mm -hmm. discovering what God's got. And for us to orientate our lives around what God wants to do is seeing God's preferred future, choosing to speak it, Mm -hmm. to see it, and then to orientate our lives around it. And that's the beginning of us following God and us starting to see the change that we want to see.
1: And uh, what we believe determines how we behave. Absolutely. But I don't think a couple should ever preach together without at least kissing once in the message. I agree,
0: definitely.
1: That was quick and perfect. Well, just back to my story and how God called me. I lived in Bloemfontein, studied in Bloemfontein, I studied marketing and then at the age of 23 got a job in Cape Town. Now, for me, Cape Town really was a stepping stone to New York because that's where I was heading then as you know I gave my life to Christ and then Paul and I three years after that started dating and we got married then three months into marriage something happened that changed everything (laughs) I could see that my husband was disturbed he was stressed out he was pacing up and down the passage and I got worried so I said to him what have you done? Tell me. (laughs) he said, do you really want to know what's going on? I'm like, absolutely, I need to know what's going on. Tell me. And then he said to me, well, God's, I think God's calling you and me to be missionaries in rural Zambia. I was like, up until then, we've only ever spoken about New York, Cape Town, (laughs) Now rural Zambia? What on earth? This is three months into marriage. Am I trapped? What's going on? And as Paul said these shocking words to me, God spoke to me. God showed me a picture of myself standing in church, worshipping with the rest of the church, singing a song we were singing at that time, with lyrics that went like this, Lord send me, Lord send me to the nations. I looked at myself singing that and I felt God say to me, do you mean what you sing or do you sing lies? (laughs) And in the same moment, God reminded me of my vows that I vowed on my wedding day, three months before that. I never even really gave my vows much thought, that's not a good thing, (laughs) before this, but God reminded me that I said, where you go, I will follow, your people will be my people. And I was like, what on earth? singing and what on earth am I following and I turned to Paul and I said let's go to Zambia and he was like what <laughs> because he thought he said he's like a wife which is like, not a chance and then he would be like
0: then I'm off
1: the hook, off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> God clearly spoke to us, and I'm so glad we obeyed the voice of God, because God never speaks to be heard, God speaks to be be obeyed, obeyed. and oh my word, God has done so much in Western Zambia, and we get to be a part of it. Over 5,500 people, like today, this Sunday in Western Zambia, will be in church. Like 114,000 people have access to clean and safe drinking water. Hundreds and hundreds of orphans have been cared for. The Bible's been translated and so much more. Please go onto to our website and find out more. There's a verse in Luke 11 verse 28 and it says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. You know, we still could have been praying years later yeah. about what God's called us to do or we could have obeyed if God's speaking to you can I encourage you to surrender your will to his mm. and see what God will do there's no greater adventure than following Jesus as close as possible
0: absolutely and delayed obedience is actually disobedience True. we <laughs> need to obey there's this verse in the book of Ephesians Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and it says "Not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within Lots God is no, it's amazing. <laughs> God is able to do immeasurably more, or some some translations say exceedingly abundantly above. Exceedingly wow. abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Like I can imagine a lot, I can ask a lot, but our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or imagine. And so when we're looking at Zambia, we're looking at, I mean, I'm looking at myself, thinking, well, what can we do? What can we do? What, what difference could we make? And so we moved up there, and I can remember this at, the, at one stage, we, we're traveling around, we're going from area to area, starting these new churches, and we got to this one place, where we started a church, and then we started to try to disciple, and the main language in the area is called silosi and we're teaching, you know, working through a translator, and then mm-hmm. As we're teaching, I, started, I realized like it dawned on me that these people that we just planted this church among don't actually speak Swahili; they speak a, another language. Then I started asking the questions, I realized that their language hasn't even been written down yet. Komashi. And I'm sitting in this village and thinking, well, God, you've asked us to plant churches in Western Zambia and asking more questions, I find that there's actually 23 languages that haven't been written. <laughs> like not just one, 23. <clears throat> Um, and these are like different languages. You feel completely overwhelmed. You think, well, what can I do? Like, what can we do? What, honest, God, please, you, you have to do something. You have to do something. Well, you know, God is a. He does exceedingly abundantly above supernaturally. God has connected us with different people. And last month, we ab- actually able to finish the New Testament in Komashi that particular Yay. language <laughs> I think that's a miracle it's been 10 years <coughs> that's incredible and we're actually doing four other languages at the same time we're translating the okay. Bible into five new languages we formed alphabets for them. one of the languages for is a tonal language with 56 consonants I mean that's mind blowing but that's what God is able mm-hmm. to do but another truth is that I've, that we've realized in our journeys that God is able to do more than even our faith allows. He's
1: bigger than our faith. Because though?
0: God is bigger than our faith. God is not limited by our faith. There's one particular time where Marinette was was in Mongu, looking after our kids and looking after the project, running the project, and I'd have to go um, out into in these areas. Sometimes like 15, 16 hour journey mm. into these areas, rural, very remote areas, planting churches. And I'd been out for a long time. I was tired and was at the last church I was visiting. And, and as I was at this church, um, this guy came, came and he said, Paul, please pray for me. Now he was blind. And there in Western Zambia, people get a little like a, an infection in their eye. And because they don't have access to, to medication, it costs about 100, uh, sorry, about, about 150 for the medication, um, they get repeated infections. And then they eventually go blind. It's like scar tissue builds up. And this guy had been blind for five years. Now, it sounds terrible, but because of the harsh harsh realities of life in these very real poor communities, his family had decided to kill him because he couldn't contribute to the family anymore. He was only a burden. So he came to me and he said, Paul, please pray for me. I need to be healed. I want to be honest with you. I did not have faith. I was tired. I was exhausted. I honestly thought, well, really? Okay, but just... Okay, going through the motions partly because he wanted me to pray for him and he asked and partly simply because the Bible says I must lay hands on the sick. So I just laid hands on him and I prayed for him, no expectation of him getting healed. Well, the truth is he didn't get healed straight away, he was the same. And then I left, I went back to Mongu and three weeks later I came back to that particular church and I arrived there late at night and I'm putting up my tent and this guy rocks up with a chicken. And he's like, hello, and I'm like, hello. He's like, don't you remember me? I'm like, no. He says, no, I'm the guy that you prayed for. He's like, what do you mean? He says, no, no. Five days later after you left. Me, he'd been blind for five days. He'd been blind for five years. Five days later after after I left, he woke up and he could see perfectly. Oh, sure. And so I actually had a little oh. picture, a little camera, a digital camera. I took a picture of him and I showed it to him and he looked at the picture. I've actually got a picture of it. This is the picture. And, said, and he looked at it, it. said, the first time he'd seen himself in five years, oh, he looked gosh. at it and he says, ah! I'm good looking. (laughs) But, you know, him and his whole family gave their life to the Lord. Why? And just the truth of that just settles in your heart. You know, God God just wants us to obey. He wants us to believe. And sometimes we think, oh, I don't have enough faith. You just, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or you can imagine more than your faith. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above.
1: It reminds me of a song.
0: My God is so big, so strong
1: and so mighty There's nothing my My God God cannot cannot do We serve an amazing God And He is able Perhaps you need healing Maybe you're not well Can we encourage you that God is our healer He says in Psalm 103 verse 3 That He heals all our diseases And Isaiah 53 verse 5 That by stripes we are healed Keep believing And in Jesus' name may you be healed Well just... A bit more about my story so Paul and I then decided to obey God and move up to rural Zambia. We basically a year after God spoke to us we were there and we decided and committed to two years in Western Zambia. I would two years, we'd be there for two years. Two years are doable right? Hmm. I mean you're newly married and in love and it's two years and remember I felt a calling to lead church in my own culture. So after the two years of being in rural Zambia I had a question for God. <laughs> I said to God, well the two years have now come to an end and how much longer are we going to stay in rural Zambia because things started happening. Miracles like Paul just described, more and more people started getting involved but there was no one else besides us to lead the work our team grew but it was clear that it, it needed us there still at that time and I said to God so <laughs> we came for two years and I think we're doing well and then God said to me so clearly not audibly but a spontaneous thought that I could never ignore he said to me don't ask me that question again until I tell you it's time to go okay Lord <laughs> so I did not ask God that question again but what I realized I needed to do was honor God and serve people every single day of my life and that's what I did I tried at least to honor God and serve people did I make mistakes lots of mistakes we all fall short all the time of God's glory but you know what I've learned is this waiting and 10 years is quite a long time of waiting, right because we ended up living there for 10 years and Waiting is not passive, waiting is very active. We do stuff, we serve, we honor, we give our best, we go the extra mile. And when the 10 years came to an end, I actually didn't want to leave anymore. I was quite happy and comfortable, but that's exactly what God does, hey? When we become comfortable, He seems to move us. Are we comfortable here, George? No, we're not that comfortable. (laughs) Love's happening? We're in the middle of a pandemic. For goodness sake, we're not that comfortable.
0: that's so true eh? waiting is not passive waiting is active and we love this verse in Thessalonians it says 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 it says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it if God calls you he's faithful and he will do it Amen. and part of figuring out our call and serving God and giving our best is realizing that we don't hear from God and follow God by ourselves as a matter of fact God uses his church and leadership in the church to help clarify the call of God. And there's a story that is so challenging and so, so, so true. I think it's probably one of the biggest lessons that we need to learn in serving God and in following God and everything that he's got for us. And it's a story about this guy called Saul, and he is persecuting the church. He's anti-God, anti-Jesus, and he has a supernatural encounter where he actually, God appears to him he gets taken up to heaven, God has, he has this clear, clear, clear vision, probably the clearest call from God that anybody has ever had, I mean a clear <laughs> call from God, and in this vision God speaks and him, tells him exactly what he wants him to do, tells him that he's going to be preaching the gospel to the Jews and to the Gentiles, and after this experience that's exactly what, right. he just starts to obey, you know, he just starts to preach the gospel to everybody, but it's an absolute disaster, I mean it's problems everywhere he's preaching, um, and eventually he actually ends up in Jerusalem And there's problems in Jerusalem and there's mistrust Nobody knows him And there's just chaos And eventually the leadership of the church in Jerusalem Decide to get rid of him He's like a lone ranger And they're like, this, this guy's not good for the church And so they get rid of the lone ranger The loose cannon And they send him off And this is what it says In, in Acts chapter 9 verse 30 It says, when the believers heard about this They took him, that's Paul Down to Caesarea And sent him away to Tarsus His hometown. Then, then verse 31, this one always gets me. The church then had peace throughout Judea. Like they got rid of Paul, and then the church had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and were encouraged, and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it grew in them. As the Holy Spirit was there, there was peace. God blessed it. Why? When they got rid of Paul. And then Paul has disappeared. He's disappeared from the scene for about 10 years until this guy Barnabas remembers about it, And then Barnabas goes and fetches him and brings him to this new church in Antioch. But now Paul's learned his lesson. He's like, okay, I can't hear from God by myself. And Paul actually comes and he serves with Barnabas in the church. He's just serving. He's doing whatever it takes. He's like outside with the little cards of welcoming people he's making coffee he's you know putting a shirt on or the welcome shirt on he's doing everything he can he's just serving in the church just being faithful serving faithful serving faithful serving mm -hmm. until this happens until the God speaks to the leadership of the church and say Paul's ready and this is what it says in Acts chapter 13 verse 2 to 3 it says one day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting and the Holy Spirit said Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Guess what? It was just success after success wow. after success. Basically, the whole Asian That was transformed by the gospel through Paul. Why? What was the difference? What was the difference between the first attempt and the second attempt? He realized he cannot do it by himself and for us that's exactly what we try to do we always try to submit ourselves to the leadership of the church Mm -hmm. and even coming back to South Africa hearing from God submitting itself to to people Mm -hmm. Um, and when we felt God was calling us, we planted the church in in um, in George. It grew, but then we felt God was calling us to start Ark in Southern Africa. And so we just once again went to different people and say, Hey, what do you think? This is what we feel, and they all said, Yes, this is what we believe. God wants you to do, and it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And that's actually one of the reasons why we and life changes are so connected because. You're part of that, part of this incredible expression of seeing life-giving churches planted throughout Southern Africa.
1: I love how Ark always says, don't do ministry alone. Yeah. We're just so much better together. Absolutely. Well, God called us from Zambia back to George. And like I said, he called us to, to George, not back to George. We've actually haven't been to George before. We're back to South Africa. And the best way I can describe God calling us was was through his voice of peace. We would have to have another conversation to explain how God called us specifically (laughs) to George, because it's actually very interesting. But he called us and he led us through peace. And the Bible calls his voice also the voice of peace. Mm -hmm. So we can encourage you, if you don't have peace, then reconsider the decisions you want to make.
0: God definitely leads us through peace. But we want to give you an opportunity. Like you heard Mary say early on. You know, she grew up in church, she was going to church, she thought she was a Christian. And you know sometimes we can think that, that we are.
1: And the reality, Paul, is I actually always knew something was missing. Yeah. My heart was always restless. And I was always searching, I always thought there must be something more.
0: But all of us need to come to a place where we actually surrender our lives, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and then commit our lives to following Him. And so I want to, we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Yeah. And we're not sure where you are in your journey with God, but why don't you just take this opportunity and say, Lord, I want to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to follow you, God. I want to surrender my life to you. I want you to be my Lord and my King. And if that's something you want to do, I want to encourage you. Why don't you just repeat this prayer after me. Why do you close your eyes right where you are, right where you are. And I'm going to pray a prayer Pray a prayer and you repeat that after me. Say this Lord Jesus, today I give my life to you. Today I surrender my life and I come back my life to follow you, Jesus. Won't you come into my life? Forgive me from all of my sins because I try to serve you from today on for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Welcome to the family of God. It's the best decision you have ever made. Absolutely. Well, we really had a great time with you all, and we hope you also enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, hopefully it helped you, and a little bit of hearing our stories can help you in your journey as following Him as well.
1: Have a blessed week.